travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode 54, Impressions of Japan. Some people that haven't traveled much of Asia can be mistaken and think it's very similar from country to country in the region. While some countries and their respective peoples have similarities, there are some nations that are completely unique. There's Asia, Southeast Asia, then there's Japan. No country in the continent is remotely like it. Steeped in history, rich traditions, deep culture, and turned slightly inward, few places in Asia dazzle like Japan does. A teeming population that's preserved natural surroundings, are exceptionally civilized, maintain a safe society, embrace modernity while celebrating tradition, Japan is a world unto itself and should be on every traveler's radar. Today we'll chat about our experiences in the land of the rising sun and what it means to us. So this is Scott Coates and I am super pleased to actually be looking at my co-host. Hey Scott, Trevor Ranges here. Yeah, you know... On and off, we're together, we're apart, we're recording from all sorts of different places in the world. Uh, today, we're both in Bangkok recording together. Yeah, this is a treat. You're moving to Bali soon, and we've done far less episodes together, but hey, here we are. We happen to be together, which means we probably have a cold drink with us as well. And we're talking about a place that we really haven't done an episode about, but we've both been and is in Asia, so why not, eh? <laughs> yeah, you know... Uh, before I had traveled to Japan for the first time, uh, you know, my experiences were probably similar to a lot of Americans based on popular culture, what you see on TV or what yeah. you've heard about the place. Um, having spent a lot of my life in Hawaii, there's a lot of Japanese people in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of had some idea about what to expect. Yeah. Um, but as usual, you know, when you go to a place, it's oftentimes very different than, than what you believe it's going to be like. Yeah. And, you know, I'd only seen it in uh, TV shows and movies. I'd never been to Asia before I went. In fact, little tidbit, Trevor, it's the first Asian country I ever went to. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I had like video games and teens kind of wearing crazy clothes or clothes, maybe punk rockers. I knew they loved metal, but then were very serious. And uh, yeah, man, that's about all the impressions I had. Chopsticks, rice, like. Yeah, you know, that's true. And, and actually for me, and I've only been to Tokyo and Tokyo is this big city and it's probably very different from, from other parts of Japan. Um, but, you know. From what I thought it was going to be like, the stereotypes and, and what I what I experienced when I got there, there's probably no place I've ever been where the, the culture and the experience was as similar to the stereotypes I expected mm. than in Japan. And that's not actually necessarily in a bad way. No, you know, no, like no. I, it, it was actually even more vivid and, and amazing in those stereotypical ways um, at every turn. It's weird how those 1980s movies, cheesy movies that had Japanese stereotypes, they were right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mentioned it was my first Asian country. I was 20 years old, heading off on a one-year kind of around-the-world trip with the majority in Australia. And my first stop was a week in Tokyo. And so I had only eaten Chinese food for the first time a week before that trip. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I had virtually no Asian experience or idea at all. But, you know, I went there and I was expecting kind of polite, helpful people, somewhere ultra-modern. And it was. Like, from... 
you know, I arrived on a Friday and at rush hour had to get on the train from the airport to across Tokyo. And it was Pakimoto, man, the train. So right from the get-go, I was around heaps of people on an ultra-modern fast train. Like, yeah, it hit, I agree with you. It hits all those, all those stereotypes you have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like just like you're talking about the trains or the, the subway, you know, mm. like lots of cities have subways, but like the Tokyo subway system, it, it's crazy. Like I almost missed my flight because I got lost in the in the thing, you know, like yeah. the, the map is ridiculous and you're like, oh my God, like there's so many different trains and so many different destinations yeah. and like it's it's so amazing. I think we're both in in agreement. It's stereotypes. Those stereotypes and pictures you have are real, the crazy fetishes. But before we go too, too much further, we have a great sponsor today. And full disclosure, you drink their beer, and I think you're even part owner, right? Yeah, we're drinking their beer. <laughs> I am a shareholder, and uh, yeah. I'm moving to Bali to, to be the general manager there. Right. Um, our sponsor today is Beervana. Yeah. Beervana is a curator, distributor, and promoter of the finest craft beers in the world. Really? Um, also, Beervana is a family of beer enthusiasts dedicated to a common mission, supplying and sharing fresh, unique, and diverse handcrafted ales and lagers, and cultivating the love of beer through enlightened, responsible, and enjoyable appreciation. Wow. You came up with that off the top I of actually, your tongue. I actually really wrote well. that. Though, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So Beervana distributes <laughs> beer in Thailand, uh, yeah. and now we're currently just starting distribution in Indonesia. So look for the Beervana B logo, uh, and you'll find some excellent craft beers available there. Yes, please. So, Trevor, um, before we go any further, give us just a quick overview kind of the trips that you've actually done to Japan. Well, you know, I've only been to Tokyo, like I mentioned, um, mm -hmm. and I've done that three times. Three times? Yeah. Well, what happens is that I used to fly between Bangkok and Honolulu and get a stopover in Tokyo. Right, right, And right. so I just decided to spend two or three days on each of those stopovers. Yeah. So the first time I went, I stayed at a hostel in Asakusa. Mm -hmm. that, I think I say it. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like the old part of town, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was winter, and I was staying in a, in a dorm. And in the middle of the first night, I had to go downstairs and use the toilet. And it was the first time I used a heated toilet seat. Oh yeah. And I was just like, oh my god, Japanese is like Japan is so far ahead of the rest of the right. world. It was awesome. Yeah, um, I went to an onsen, which is one of those, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and when I came out of the onsen, it was snowing out. And That's like, like a hot bath, right? Yeah, a yeah, traditional like the, bath, right? And, and really, really, really hot. Like, yeah. It, it's hot, yeah. Um, naked too, right? Yes, you have to go naked. There's yeah. old men there. Nobody really looks That's at That's why other. you were there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Um, on the second trip, I, I stayed in one of those like mini hotels. It wasn't a capsule hotel, mm -hmm. but it was a very mini hotel. Compact. Um, yeah, which was, which was an amazing experience. Um, and, and I partied all night. The, the bars and clubs in Tokyo are open all night. Really? Um, and surprise, then, surprise. But the subway is closed. So, like, ap after the clubs get out at, like, 5 or 6, yeah. like, all their, like, club kids, like, hang out in front of the subway station entrance. Like, until wait, it opens Until again. it opens again. Because yeah. you need a small loan yeah. for a taxi there, don't you? And then on the third trip, uh, I did a bit more of the sightseeing stuff. And I okay. went to uh, Tsujiki Fish Market. I yeah. saw, like, the cherry blossoms cool. and stuff like that. Yeah. But but Tokyo, to me, seems like a place that, like, I could go back every year, I think, and, mm. and experience a different facet of the city and, and the culture. And, and it just seems like there's endless things to do. From my first trip, which was, like, the historical stuff, like temples and, and the own and to, to the more modern and, and freaky shit we're going to talk about in a little while. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Tokyo, I've been, I've been twice. I've been to Japan four times. 
twice was to uh, to trips that went to Tokyo. And yeah, there is so much stuff you could see there. So my first trip when I was a backpacker, 20, I spent, uh, I think, five or six days, maybe even a week in Tokyo. It was awesome. The second time I went back, uh, a friend, Greg, a, a friend of ours who's been a guest on a couple episodes, he and I got a cheap fare to uh, Hiroshima. Mm. And we went uh, flew into Hiroshima. And it was fascinating. That was a really, like, of course, we all know the nuclear history there. But they have fantastic museum and great memorials around the city and a couple buildings still standing that, you know, from the bombing. Mm. It was, it was, it was a great experience. Like, mm. I don't mean that. I know that sounds weird to say it was a great experience, but it really was. Stayed in a capsule hotel one night, too, yeah. which was mint. We went for a hike. Uh, how, how big is it? Uh, I would say, like, if you're laying down in it and you look up at the ceiling, it's probably... I don't know, two thirds of a meter high, yeah. not very, and then wide, it's maybe about the same. So it's probably like, I don't know, yeah, two thirds of a meter wide and high, and a little okay. TV in the roof and stuff. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we did a hike, and then we went to Kyoto for, I think, four nights. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Kyoto. Yeah, and we rode bikes around, and that was yeah. a really great way. It turns out a lot of people ride bikes in Kyoto. Mm-hmm. Their weather's good on pretty much a lot of the year, and there's a lot of like actual bike lanes and paths you can take. That's one of the things I like about the Japanese people. They, they really do appreciate the outdoors. Mm. Um, they're really into camping and hiking and yeah. biking. Despite, uh, like, heaps of people yeah and big modern cities yeah they definitely haven't cut the trees down they mm. like like flow and attachment to nature and stuff and yeah actually in kyoto we rode our bike on this philosopher's path along a little stream yeah and uh then the next time i went was with our aplp leadership program from hawaii we oh, started yeah. out our field trip there are 40 of us and we were in tokyo for i think four nights cool. and then my wife and i just went here in june 2016 we went landed in osaka good fare uh, 30 minutes by train to Nara, the old capital, really the first capital when they actually really truly made Japan a unified country mm. started in Nara, which is then 20 minutes away from Kyoto. Do they still have like historical stuff from... In like, Nara? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually apparently the world's largest, I don't know, wooden building or large or largest wooden temple. But, you know what's interesting? Yeah, because they yeah. have some of the oldest corporations, like the oldest businesses in oh, existence. Really? Like if you look this up on Wikipedia or something like that, they have companies like construction companies and stuff like that that go back like thousands of years or something. Really? And it's interesting because you mentioned Hiroshima and obviously the United States bombed Hiroshima, right? But I think for the most part, Japan has never been really invaded or anything. So all of their historical sites probably should be intact except fires man every temple i went and saw mm. there was like this was built in such and such but a fire destroyed it then and you uh, read on and then another fire in and another fire okay. seems they got a lot of fires but so my wife and i yeah we did kyoto for a few nights and we went uh we did a little side trip to kobe for an afternoon and then we went back to osaka for a few nights so like four trips i've been on now to japan i realize and wow. it's great man I, I really love it i'd go again it's one of those places i will go again and i We'll keep going back, I'm sure, my whole life. Yeah, you know, I miss the the connections because I just kind of anticipated that I would keep connecting through Japan and I would get yeah. to, to, you know, they have a good train system, right? So getting Incredible. from Tokyo down to Kyoto, I think, is, is relatively easy. You a bit know? expensive, but yeah, yeah well, but quick. You know, um, and it's just too bad that I haven't had the opportunity to go back because I would love to. Well, it's always there. So we thought a good way to now attack this episode is to go through kind of topic by topic so the first one we thought we'd talk about is kind of people the japanese people and for the listeners like some of these impressions we don't think we're right you know like we're by no means experts on japan and these are just again our (laughs) impressions of japan right i'm just gonna do my best not to offend anyone (laughs) um but yeah you know these are our impressions and and you know what i found in japan was which was great was how professional 
the Japanese people are incredible, and, you know, and, and it was kind of funny actually, because we were in a restaurant and my girlfriend at the time was, had a handful of coins trying to figure out like how to pay. Uh-huh. And, and the woman who was waiting for her to pay had this just like kind of uh, like bored expressionless face while my girlfriend was looking at her palm. And as soon as she looked up the the, the woman, Japanese woman had like a smile on her face. And then oh, as soon right. as my girlfriend's, head looked down at her hand again the Japanese woman's face would go back to just like uh, like bored and then as soon as she looked up there was like a smile on her face so my girlfriend's experience was just that this woman was perfectly smiling and attentive the whole time yeah. but it's just that they have this dedication to professional service yeah. that that they don't let down you know on the street you walk around people aren't super friendly outwardly especially to to foreigners i guess um but one thing i did find is that when i started to talk to people and they found out i was from hawaii they were instantly like oh hawaii yay and i made lots of friends you know yeah you know what that's one thing about the people too it wasn't in my notes but they're absolutely they seem focused on their job like there's a level of enthusiasm Mm. and professionalism you have to have doing your job in the public eye Mm. that they're just militant about they're always like oh you come and go and didn't matter if it was a convenience store or like a high-end store like people are switched on but you know mine was the japanese i just think are really interesting people they seem a bit shy I've noticed when I've been on subways, looking people in the eye isn't their culture. Mm. So like they'll never look you in the eye and you'll almost sense people are looking at you and you look up and no one's looking mm. at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, which it, it might have something to do with the lack of English skills are a bit shy, but I have had people be, be very helpful, but they're definitely a little reserved. They don't give you the eye contact, which is something that I think most Westerners are, are used to eye contact. Mm. Yeah. But I do have two funny exceptions to this and they were on that first trip when I was 20 years old. Like... Literally, people don't say anything to you. They don't look around. So the night I arrived, I spent two hours on a train going from Narita Airport to this guy's house. I met a guy on a plane, and he invited me to stay with him and his parents. Two hours. No one says a word to me. No one looks at me. Nothing. The train is packed. And this one man who's been standing there pretty much my whole journey, he's probably in his mid to late 40s. As he finally gets to get off the train, as he walks by me, he just goes, thank God it's Friday. (laughs) <laughs> it was so funny because yeah. no one said a word yeah. and the other one is I was in a department store in Tokyo and I was at a urinal using the toilet and for women you probably know this but guys you don't really talk to each other in the toilet sure. let alone in a weird country <laughs> and the urinal's quite low I assume because they're short people right shorter shorter people and uh, this guy while I'm using the toilet turns to me and he says do you know why our toilets are so low and I'm sort of on edge, like, no, I don't. And he goes, because we have really big dicks. <laughs> really? You and then that? he leaves, and that's it. He doesn't say anything else. And yeah, I, I thought, you know, for as reserved as they are, those two still really stick with yeah. me. So apparently <laughs> the, the, the stereotype that Japanese people don't have a sense of humor is, no. is absolutely untrue. Those, yeah, out of the question. Some of my first two experiences yeah. in Japan, yeah. Um, now, I see you put safety down mm. in, in our outline, and, and I didn't really have much to say on, on this. Yeah. Um, again, like... I don't remember having to worry sure, about things. Sure, and yeah. Again, like what I would think maybe is that like if I was in a Starbucks in Tokyo and I had to leave my computer to go to the bathroom, chances are someone wouldn't steal my computer. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily know that's true. I, I didn't feel like sure. someone was going to pick my pocket or anything like that because I no. like to wander around. I went to some back alleys. You can find some really cool street food in Japan. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I never really felt like I was going to get jumped or anything like that. So I think no. that, that there's probably little... 
I don't know what it's called, like muggings or petty crime, petty petty crime theft, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a kind of, again, back to that first trip, I went to Disneyland for whatever reason one day mm. and there was strollers of people that were in the line for rides. And I saw a couple camcorders mm. like in the stroller while they were on the ride. And I'm sure like once in a while theft happens, but like I, that I was like, oh, wow. And then I noticed, especially on this trip too, that we just did a couple months ago, like bikes have locks, but they're just like you could snap any of these locks. They go around the hub of the wheel. Mm. Oh, right. It, it's yeah, just yeah. kind of almost seems like people lock them just to lock them. But obviously bike theft isn't a big thing. It's just a country where I, I think like there's not a lot of this petty crime. It is quite a safe place. And, and that's neat. Like it's a really good feeling to see society treating that way. Yeah. Each other that way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Now, I know this was your topic. No surprise, surprise. Fetishes. <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the things that I, I and it's not just necessarily sexual fetishes, um, but like, you know, there's this notion that Japanese are a very conformist kind of society, you mm-hmm. know, but what I've always thought about Japan was that they, they're, they're almost the opposite, that they obsess about certain things. Like you'll meet like Japanese Elvis impersonators. There are probably more <laughs> Japanese Elvis impersonators yeah. than anywhere else outside the United States. Or you'll meet people who are like super into like the Beatles and they're like, yeah. and they own like a bar that has like all this Beatles memorabilia. Yeah. Or, you know, you talk about the cosplay people or, or whiskey bars or tequila bars. There was yeah. a tequila bar that had like 5,000 different tequilas or something like yeah. that. So like, if we want to call that fetish, like I, I just Dress. feel like the Japanese right. people like, get into some really kind of quirky or obscure things and Mm. then they obsess about it to become like perfectionists or or to become like the best at it or something. Um, But, but on the other hand, like the kind of more fetishy things. um, Yeah. I went to this place called the Alcatraz ER. I'm sure you did. (laughs) And actually somebody posted a video on it. So apparently it's still open. You should put that in the show notes. And and me and my Japanese friend, they, they handcuffed us together before they brought (laughs) us inside. And then they Uh lock you up in like Alcatraz, like jail cell. Uh And then like they serve drinks in, in condoms and and they chase people around with dildos and like, yeah, it's so (laughs) crazy. I mean, it's the craziest place. It's exactly the kind of crazy sex fetish thing you would expect in, in, in Tokyo and it's there it's real um, and then there's video games right there's crazy video games there yeah. you know you see them on like Lost in Translation or something sure Plinko games yeah but they even have like a game where you just like walk a, a robot dog like you hold a leash and I'm like what kind of like is walking a dog a fun video game yeah. but Japanese people <laughs> get into such obscure things and, and I'm the best dog walker video game person in my neighborhood <laughs> yeah. yeah no finish is absolutely right and you walk around any big Japanese city and it comes down to dress too you'll see teenagers that are into like a certain kind of like video game action figure and they dress like that or i took erica my wife to a a dog cafe because we Mm. wanted a dog it was her birthday and you go in there's like a dozen dogs and they're just sitting around and you can pet them or hang out but i mean i saw the word fetishes so i kind of went the other direction with it (laughs) a little bit but you know there's rumors of vending machines that sell women's used panties there's definitely love motels around i saw stories about it's apparently like being in the porn industry there is is kind of respected like it's not an outcast thing as it is maybe in other parts of the world. Mm. I I've saw a show actually on women who work proper business jobs, but then will work a couple nights a week at like love hotels. Right. That's, that's one of the weird things. It's like they have this reputation of being repressed and they're not necessarily always outwardly yeah. like a certain way, but, but mm. when they want to be a certain type of 
different. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, all right. And then they revel in that difference, you know? Yeah, well, if we're going to get any hate mail on this one, I'll just kind of push it totally that way because the Japanese, they're extremely efficient. They're into cutting-edge things, and they love their sex. And I, I'm going to go as far as say they're kind of the Germans of Asia. Like, they're extremely organized and successful companies, but... You know they're they're really into some kinky sex things too. So there you go. And the t- like, there's a robot, like the, the sex robots and stuff, right? Yeah, that, yeah. Like I'm buying. So we've heard from the so Germans. Yeah, no, no, you buy that from the Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that was a good topic. We're we're going into now the next one. Uh, being a tourist. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Different. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, one of the things that that was cool is like when you're a tourist and and you're cruising around. Um, Sometimes you don't know what's going on. You can't find like a bathroom, you know, like I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we're going to find a toilet. And that can be very challenging in Southeast Asia, the developing world. Um, but, you know, the, the toilets, the public toilets that I found in Tokyo, like you could sleep in one of those, man. Like they even had self-cleaning ones that like after you really? use it, it like blasts like sanitizer <laughs> and hot water yeah. and everything like that. Like literally like amazing cleanest things. Um, yeah, you're like, you know, you're stressed out. You want to find a beer. Mm. They have like beer vending machines, literally like yeah. all over the city, I, I thought. Yeah, lots. A few less now than the last time, but they um, still have them. Yeah. I, I, you know, just in general, like, like the public transportation can be confusing, but they do have signage in English. Yeah. You know, like I, it, it's easy enough to get around. It is awesome. You can get around like within a city or city to city, like bomb proof, man. Yeah. And like. You know, taxis, like things like that. There's these rumors that like Tokyo is so expensive, but maybe because, you know, living in in Hawaii and like, you know, spending a lot of time Mm. in New York and places like that, those are expensive places too. So I didn't find Tokyo like obscenely expensive. And when I got in a cab, I didn't find it like they had no idea what I was talking about. I seemed to be able to get around pretty well. Mm. Um, I, I found the tourist experience pretty easy going. Yeah. You know, again, for people that, don't seem super friendly on the surface, but will help you if you need. It is easy to get around. Like everything's clean, like you said, everything's on time, it works. And again, I'll go back to that pride in your job. Like you go into 7 Eleven and you feel like you're a highly respected guest <laughs> in the 7 Eleven. Yeah. Like they have decent instant coffee, they have like all kinds of like neat sushi rolls, snacks, even like the Lawson stores, man. Yeah. You can like have a reasonably decent meal with like a chicken fried cutlet at Lawson's yeah. and, and these well, stores. Well, you know, yeah. well, that's interesting because like in general, even in Tokyo, Japanese people don't speak a lot of English. Like no, English no, no, is, no. is not yeah. a common language no. by any means. Um, so, but, but again, you're saying since they're professional, they still want to help you. Like yeah. they'll, they'll try to figure duty. out. I think duty, sense of duty is probably something Japanese have that a lot of other cultures don't. I'm going to forecast. So when you were duty. in the, like, let's say Kyoto or some of the smaller, that, yeah. that ancient capital, was the tourist experience good there too? Is there good signage? Is it in English? Is there tourism Yeah, there's enough English. Hey, you get yourself a map or yeah. use Google Maps and there's enough English around that you definitely get around. And that's, you know, that's a thing, a neat thing about uh, Japan too is that like there's so many UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Mm. I think Kyoto actually has the most of anywhere in the world, although it might be up there with Rome or something, right? And I can't remember the number, but it's something like 10. Like it's a lot. So in Japan, you can see this ancient, highly culturally significant site, say like a, a rock garden, right? That you can look at and never understand as a foreigner. And then you can see like a super cutting edge modern thing just down the street all those things are available and Mm. you mentioned the outdoors like that's another thing i've done some nice little hikes there's just trees there's there's an attachment to nature the japanese actually their medical system has something called forest bathing they have something like 40 some parks around the country that are actually there for therapeutic reasons and people would get prescribed like go for a walk in the in and forest bathe like 
this frequency and that. Like the Japanese, I love that attachment. So as a tourist, you get like cutting edge, world class cities, and you get nature and you get heritage sites. Like I think it's fantastic. It's a really great place as a tourist. And then one of those things as a tourist is food, which we're going to give its own mm. topic. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Again, I remember, you know, there's the Japanese curry. There's obviously sushi. On my first trip, uh, this one guy was like, he was going to get the fugu, the the blowfish. blowfish But it's really expensive. He's like, I'm going to the best place in Tokyo to get fugu and stuff. And I was on a budget, so I'm like, I'm going to pass on the fugu, unfortunately. Um, But, you know, they do have like the conveyor belt style sushi Mm. places. So that's great if you can't speak Japanese and you just want to sit down and and eat some stuff. Um, Some of the other restaurants, like you go inside and they had like a little machine and you pick out what you wanted to eat from the machine. You don't even order from like a waiter or waitress. You just sort of look at the picture and you push the button and you stick your coins in. And then they bring it to your table. Um, But the coolest thing for me was going to Tsujiki the, the sushi market. It's awesome. And, yeah. and there's a bunch of restaurants in that neighborhood. And there's a few that are sort of famous that you can just go and, and you pay like $50 or $100. I don't remember how oh, much. Oh, really? It yeah. Like, and they just serve you. Oh, I had it's, like a bowl of raw salmon. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. They do like it's just whatever fresh of the day. That's and they just serve eating. you like 10 course oh, thing wow. or something like that. That's and, slick. and it's amazing. I mean, like, the Japanese are famous for food and for good reason. Like everything's the, the right temperature, the right texture, the right yeah flavor you know it's awesome yeah i think there's a few you know countries on the planet where just going for the food is worth a visit like somewhere like italy japan for sure thailand i think actually japan has the most michelin starred restaurants of anywhere on the planet right so like you're saying i mean you've got bowls of ramen you've got cold udon sushi sashimi rice bowls with beef on top gyoza teppanyaki where they're like cooking it on a hot grill you have okanamayaki which is kind of like their egg sort of japanese pizza they call Mm. it hot pots where you're like cooking stuff in the broth like there's really so much incredibly different and super tasty stuff yeah and and they're, they're again they obsess about getting it right right mm. i don't know if you saw hero dreams of sushi oh yeah. it's a great yeah the guy movie, worked yeah. on the, the pancake for like years and years and years guy cooked right? rice yeah. for six yeah. years yeah, right. before he could do anything else yeah yeah and the other thing i really love about the food is okay yeah japan is expensive but if you eat at like the chain restaurants the equivalent of fast food it's not actually unhealthy fast food compared to like Western fast food. So you can get like a bowl of rice with like kind of stewed shredded beef on top for like no more than 10 bucks as a set, right? Yeah. And like you said, you go in a lot of these places, you push the button for the food you want. They have pictures and plastic models of the yeah. food, which is super handy. A lot of restaurants, you look at the plastic and you know, oh, that's what that thing looks like. I can eat it. But um, 10 bucks, man, you can eat a lot of these mm. set meals. Especially around subway stations, there's always places that'll serve like a dish with a little side and maybe a miso soup for like ten bucks. So mm. incredible diversity. It's everywhere yeah, and it can be affordable. Food too, you yeah, know? Yeah, I, yeah. But, but the street food that some of it I found wasn't that cheap because you're paying by the skewer. You yeah, know, for that those. can get expensive. But I mean, it's just so good and like you know, I, I think that if you're going to go to Tokyo or anywhere in Japan. Um, don't skimp, you know, like try and no. set aside enough money so that you can afford to, to you gotta, eat properly. You gotta and, you eat know. and drink a bit. I'd say the only disclaimer there is if you try and eat at proper restaurants, mm. like that's where the bill can go through the roof. But like 
last trip we went for conveyor belt sushi a couple times mm-hmm. and we ate as much as we wanted as yeah. much as we wanted and you know what it was still less than sushi here in bangkok at a mm-hmm. restaurant it really was so food of course you've eaten now you need shelter right so uh, what about hotels yeah like, you know i, I kind of i'm a little bit jealous that i never stayed in one of those capsule hotels at the yeah. same time i'm a little bit claustrophobic mm-hmm. i like the fact that at the tokyo airport when i didn't stay in tokyo for a few days they had like little mini hotel rooms at the oh, airport cool. that were awesome with a shower oh but, wow you know, the, the little hotel room that I did stay in in Tokyo was about the size of our dorm rooms at UH, yeah? Yeah, University the, of Hawaii. You yeah. know, you're, if any of you have been in a dorm room, you know how small a dorm room is, right? You can almost touch the walls with yeah. your arms. But, but it's like living inside, it's like a Swiss army knife, you know? Yeah. Like this little thing opens up and there's a dishwasher and then yeah. this folds down and there's yeah. like a, a, an ironing board. It's, yeah. like, it's like the room itself is a transformer or something like that and like yeah. tucked away somewhere. Like, <laughs> they're so good at maximizing and utilizing the space. Um, and I found that, you know, the rooms weren't that expensive. And that was like pre-Airbnb. But like I stayed in, in a couple of smaller hotel rooms. And, yeah. and they were small and they were in nice parts of town. And, uh, you know, they just they're pimped out with awesome amenities. Yeah. No, you know, you made such a great comment about these, how everything's like a Swiss army knife. And this trip, my wife and I tried Airbnb. And I think it's a great place to do Airbnb because like a pretty simplish hotel will be like 150 US or 100, right? Like mm. like that's the cheap end of it. Airbnb, we were getting places for under 100 bucks US a night and they were tiny apartments, but they were capsulized because the shower toilet room, I looked at it and it is actually like a plastic box. Like they've just shipped in mm. the bathroom part of the apartment and they drop it in. They drop in the laundry room plastic square of it they drop in the kitchen square like so airbnb was pretty darn good there i've done two capsule hotel experiences one was way better than the other but they're both i think it was like 30 bucks for the night Mm. with their onsen now the onsen wasn't great but hey you still get a bath they had a soup machine that dispensed like brothy kind of soup my wife (laughs) was loving the free cream of cream of corn soup or something yeah i was kind of grossed out but we even stayed at uh, a business hotel like there's some businessman hotels they're not glamorous but um, yeah, they're under a hundred bucks a night and I even stayed in, I'm going to say it wrong, not a real con, but it's, uh, I can't remember how it's pronounced, but traditional Japanese places sleep on a tatami mat, have mm-hmm. meals though. They're, they tend to be more expensive, but you could still find ones for a hundred bucks. So yeah. you know what? Go to North America or Europe. It's really tough sometimes to find a clean place for a hundred and Japanese yeah, places. Yeah. We stayed in a youth hostel this trip, my wife mm-hmm. and I even, and clean, clean is the word, which yeah. is great. Yeah. So, um, we're kind of, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Let's both wrap up with kind of maybe some of our favorite trip things with Japan so far. Um, you know, I again, just with my Tokyo experience, Tsujiki Fish Market was awesome, but yeah. I'm not sure it's even open to the public anymore. Got to go super early um, and they restrict to certain areas, but it's still worth going and eating yeah. at least. Um, you know, the, the party scene is actually pretty fun. The Alcatraz ER <laughs> place you should go to just because it's so bizarre. I got to go. Um, you know, I don't know, like favorite thing. I, I want to go back. I want to see more of the country. Um, I hear the skiing is phenomenal. You know, yeah. a bunch of our friends from Bangkok here, they go to, uh, what's the area called that's super famous for the skiing? Up in Sa- Sapporo, the uh, island. Yeah, so, yeah Sapporo oh. and Hokkaido. Hokkaido, yeah, Hokkaido. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really, apparently fluffy, nice snow. Um, and, you know, I'd like to surf sometime in, in Japan. Yeah, that'd be like, cool. You know, and I know it's not great, and they're having the Olympics there, and they're going to have, like, the surfing gold medal. At, like, oh, are they? Some, like, waist-high, chest-high surf, which is... Maybe a little disappointing, but but you know I like the fact that the Japanese are into surfing and they have the surf culture and yeah. and I'd love to see the mountains and ski. I'd love to see the countryside. Uh, you know I don't know. My favorite thing is just the Japanese people are, are 
they're pretty cool, you know? Like, I think sometimes they, they might get a bad rap for, for being, you know, elitist or something. You know, like, Japanese people are proud of themselves and they yeah. maybe look down on, on other cultures from mm. what I've heard. Um, but I, I didn't necessarily find that. And I, and I think Japanese people are super cool and their country's awesome. And I'd just love to go back. Yeah, I, I'd love to go back. And I don't really think it matters where you go particularly because just the standing around and watching it happen and people happen to me is just a straight great part of Japan. Being in those metro stations and train stations and trying to figure it out and even just stopping and watching people go by or find a major intersection in a, a Japanese city and just watch people go by or go to the funky teenager area and see these people tripped out in really wild outfits. And, you know, UNESCO World Heritage Sites like Kyoto was pretty cool. The old district in Nara was really neat that we walked. Um, you know, and then just eating again, like vending machine food and izakaya bars where they're serving food on sticks and beers and a nice onsen and riding a shinkansen, the really fast trains, like all those typical things that you'll do. They really do live up to expectations. Sumo. Did you go see Sumo? No, I haven't <laughs> seen Sumo, man. I'd, I'd like to see it. It doesn't yeah. happen a whole lot. Uh, Japanese, is, it's just such a rich culture and, and again, probably a very diverse landscape you know yeah. we're talking about snow and beaches yeah, yeah, yeah. And really history. tropical beaches yeah. in the far south so yeah i think you can tell by listing we're both i'd say fair to say japan fans i'll definitely go back i'd happily go back again and i think any traveler really needs to go there especially if you've been to parts of asia but never japan because it's a different asia again i don't think there's anywhere in asia that's the important thing that's like japan no you know and on that note Every country in the region is fairly unique. Sure. You know, I mean, in Southeast Asia, there's a little bit of overlap because their yeah. cultures have blended a bit over time. Um, but yeah, Japanese, super cool. There's Japanese people here. There's Japanese neighborhoods. but yeah. and, and we love Japanese food. But mm. it's, when you go to a country and experience the, the true culture, it's always even better than, than you imagine. I've said everything I have to say, Trevor. But uh, I'm like glad Trump. we took this one on, Japan. This is a lot of fun. Uh, why don't you take us out of this thing? So thanks for joining us, everyone. This was episode 54, Impressions of Japan. It was great being here with you today, Scott. Yeah, um, awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back with the new episode in two weeks. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and Camp